Hello and welcome to episode two of the 80s Cinema Club. It's getting less and less enthusiastic already. <laughs> okay, well, you know, it's hard these days. Second episode. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Second episode, falling off. <laughs> With me, Harry Peden, and my co-hosts... Alfie Meeman. And... Yeah. <laughs> we are back for episode two. Where this week we'll be reviewing Brazil, which came out in 1985. Not the country. Not yeah, the we're country. not reviewing the entire country. That would be a little bit longer and than this time. Months. Alfie has a, got us a synopsis for the plot. So yeah. Take so it the away. synopsis for Brazil is set somewhere in the 20th century. Brazil follows a law-ranking bureaucrat, Sam Lowry, played by Jonathan Price, who's being driven insane by the hyper-bureaucratic dystopian world in which he lives, as he dreams of flying away from his life and spending eternity with the woman of his dreams. This film has it all, from wing-bearing heroes fighting grotesque baby-faced monsters, rogue terrorist air conditioner repairmen, led by Harry Tussle, played by Robert De Niro, a torture-endorsing wheelchair-bound Santa Claus, and a whole host of fantastically inefficient machines. Well, that definitely sounds like a film that we have watched (laughs) pretty recently. (laughs) It's it's definitely interesting, isn't it? Very recent. Okay, so let's waste no time and let's move on to our likes and our dislikes. Okay, so, Theo, your likes of Brazil. Um, well, I'll just, I'll stick to the likes for now, I think. <laughs> there might be a longer list for dislikes. Please, li- please stick to your very short list of likes. Yeah, there was for Blade Runner as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Here we go, so um, what is it that you like? I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, like, law enforcement being in films, but also the way that they had... I wouldn't call it technology because what it looked like from some place was just a mirror to look at a TV. But I like the TVs always being on. Like it's just it's a staple of what eighties was like. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I said, I said to my mum, it feels more like a sixties film with just true, yeah, just like <clears> the way <throat> yeah. stuff happened in it. Like TVs being a staple throughout it, it yeah. felt more sixties because it was like it was the big rise of it. Mm-hmm, true, true. Um, I mean, in Lowry's house, some of the technology with his with his toaster. I yeah, think <laughs> it's not, not really technology, but the way he had that set up for the toaster land perfectly. <clears throat> it was really like Doc Brown from Back to the Future. I, like I the first done, scene from that. It reminded me of her, like Wallace and Gromit. Oh, yeah, their contraption's true. He wakes up and true. everything's already done for him. But again, that links in the fact that the whole <clears throat> film's about how inefficient that world is because none of it works. You end up with coffee being poured all over the toast. Yes. Yeah. Is it, is it just me or did he keep his money in the microwave? <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, he did. He, threw kept, me off. he kept his money in the microwave to pay uh, Harry. Mm. Yeah, well, he kept his money in there. That was another like, like the character of Harry from when he first showed up to yeah. the last time we've seen him. Like, going into the house, like he, he phones up on the wrong call, being someone else, and then he appears behind him with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... Air conditioner repairman yeah. with a gun. That was interesting. Yeah. He's got to be ready for everything, because he shouldn't be working there. Because yeah. he's a terrorist air conditioner repairman. Yes. Like... It, it possibly, Obviously, possibly not real terrorist air conditioner repairman. Well. That's also true. <laughs> I mean, he might he might be seen as the terrorist air conditioner repairman, but the end bit, I think, controversial opinion. 
quite a good terrorist because he saved his life in Lowry's dream world honestly he's been served it, it was, it was yeah. more the line of actually quite a good terrorist was yeah. the funny part that's that's fair, he's, he's more of a, a hero to the the small people he's seen as a terrorist by yeah. the big ministry of information because he's interfering with them but he's genuinely just someone who's trying to change the crux yeah. of so you like you like um Robert Nero's character a very yeah. total and you like kind of some of the contraptions they made. Yeah. And well wasn't supposed to be a romance film, but sort of his I don't know how much of it was in the dream world of Lowry and how true. much of it was real. Mm, that's true. But I think although there was some creepy part of him going for his pursuit for her, like <laughs> Every Complete time, every time he got kicked it? out the car, like he was, he's holding on for dear life. Yeah, but like woman tries it, to murder him. Nah, yeah. it, it sort of, him. it sort of shows where he had his mind set. Yeah, <clears throat> true. I, I wrote my notes at one point. He does seem come across as almost like a bit of a simp for the woman he's never met. <laughs> feels this uh, overwhelming urge to protect him. I know. I guess because it's like, it's like he has nothing else. To live for, no, like, <laughs> like he, That's he's been dreaming about this. I just want to put it out there, right? Yeah, she looks totally different when she puts the wig on. Is that just how did he recognize her with like her short, kind of more two thousands looking hair? Because it's true like, love, the really long, <laughs> flowing, dystopian true love. That's all I don't know. I kind of just I didn't think it was the same person at first. Like, yeah, but you can mm. like when he goes and gets the information about her. Yeah, like you can see. Like, the information gets put down, I think it was a distinct mark on the left side. Yeah. So, it's obviously, that's in his dream world as well. Mm. So, that's sort of what he's looking out for, for a woman with a distinct mark on yeah. the left that looks, has somewhat resemblance <clears throat> to, as it says in one of the official synopsis, his damsel in distress. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, I mean. I mean. He seems more in distress to all the film than he yeah. does, to be fair. But, I mean, his, his pursuit for that, it just... Makes me think too much of Harry Payden. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> I can't that talk to him. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've told Theo not to do these jokes, but it's fine. Sorry. Keep it in. Alfie. We roll with that, I guess. Alfie, um, what do you like about the film? I mean, overall, the overarching thing with Brazil is that it's, it's a head mess the entire way through, that nothing really quite makes sense, and you're left questioning, especially at the end, as to what was real and what was in sort of Lowry's dream. Mm-hmm. And while that's kind of uh, seen as probably an issue with the film that's kind of hard to watch, I like the fact that none of it really made sense. It gave it this weird element of humour that you were looking at the world through a very deluded uh, bureaucrat's eyes in Sam Lowry. And it was quite funny throughout the whole thing, especially his ineptitudes. And I actually quite liked the, uh, the overall message of that this type of world just doesn't function well. And it was more... I can't remember, it's someone Gilliam, the director, I can't remember his first name, maybe Terry Gilliam. He put that it was less of a showing of a warning of the future. It's more that saying to people that this is what life is like now, even though you might not realise it, that these little parts of our society don't quite work, but people still go along with it. Yeah, I was, like I was saying, I quite like the mix between like, because 85 now, they're quite into the decade when this was released. Yeah. And it's a very British cast and it feels like it's a British filmmaker as well, mm. but it kind of feels like a mix between the two societies of America and Britain at the time. 
because America was very like they were in the, another boom of money, yep. like everything, and that was kind of shown in all the really rich people, like um, like his mother, like Lowry's mother, mm. like uh, Sam Lowry's mother. She's like, oh, all these things she's doing, really lavish. Yeah. But then there's like, um, Sam goes to like the poverty line. Like yeah, he, go, he goes to all these places that are all run down, like council houses in Britain yeah. and things like in the nineteen eighties when you had the minor strikes and things like that. That's what it kind of pushes off, I think, towards it's a British filmmaker, but it seems like more of an American city. True, but, especially in the big areas. Yeah, the, like the big skyscrapers, and like even London, it doesn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. I know it's also a futuristic yeah. city, but it doesn't feel like that. I think other things I liked about it. Was I quite like to the end? So yeah, I thought the end was quite good. I took I didn't actually look at the film like it was a whole dream sequence. I thought the dream was basically like not his dream of when he's flying away and he's yeah. trying to get the that they, they, that is a dream when he's getting rescued by Harry and the other terrorists. Then yep. they escape and then they blow up the building and then you find out um, that Jill's still alive. Yeah, and then they're you driving go, off. They're driving off and then it cuts back to him just like being tortured yeah. essentially. And then the song Brazil plays, yeah. which is what the film's on. It zooms out. I really like that ending. It as well, and sometimes it? fake out endings like that are really yeah. put like down. But I think it worked for the fact that it's not a happy ending. No, it was perfect. I thought it was very good. Like, it wasn't really a happy seen... ending. It was. It, they made it a happy ending, and yeah. then they basically just went, "Oh, a massive uh, fuck you." It's not. It's not there. <laughs> First <half> like, <laughs> you know, it's not. Yeah, it's not there. I, I like the fact that it was. It didn't have to be a happy ending. It felt. Like it fit the theme of the film a lot more, showing that, that I mean, there wasn't really any good things that happened throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. You see, Lowry meets with Jill, who's his woman of his dreams, and then she gets killed for resisting arrest with him. Because you get that fake out as well when I forget his name, Mister Helpman, I think it was the Ministry of Information's deputy head, yes. when he's talking to Lowry before he's about to be tortured. And he says, oh, it, it seems like that, that girl died. And Lowry's obviously then a little bit more confident because he's faked the records to make it look like she died. She wasn't pursued anymore. And he says, actually, you know, the way thing is she's died twice now. It's just really strange on the books. And it's like, oh, you can just yeah. see it breaks him. He realises that now all that he did, it, it was for nothing. She's died regardless because of his issue because ultimately they were there to get him, not her, and she just got caught in the crossfire. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was kind of a bit of a... A way to put it, so it's yeah. like she's died twice, and that could then be his like hallucination of grief of mm. him because he's being tortured and like he they're trying to get information out of him about yeah. the terrorists that Which he's he like been with. So him uh, like imagining that he's being tortured information terrorists, he then thinks in his mind that the terrorists have come to save him, where yeah. really he's not of any value to them. No, and there's like there's still the question of whether he was actually involved with the terrorists to begin with, or whether it was just the. Uh, the Ministry of Information's own issues in accusing this innocent, possibly innocent guy of terrorist acts like they did with mm-hmm. Harry Buttle. Yeah. The mistake at the start where this innocent... The, the beetle, I think, drops from the ceiling, the bee crushes yeah. it, and it changes the typewriter to say a B instead The whole of film a happens because a beetle drops in a typewriter. That's pretty fun. Because if that, if that mistake didn't happen there, you would yeah, have got it's, Harry Potter like, arrested. It's like Ant-Man. In, 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 no, it's not Ant-Man. It's like an endgame when the... Oh, yeah. Is it, what is it? Is it? Oh, it's the mouse that runs across the van in endgame yeah. and it opens the entire portal and Ant-Man comes out and he's like, oh, I can fix the universe. It's like... Yeah, it is that, like... And they meant that. to make it a coincidence though. Like, I think that was part of like the funniness of the comedy of the film, which I didn't get a lot of it. Yeah. 
the but, whole thing was caused by this one. <clears> this whole thing was caused by this one thing. Yeah, I think you've got to touch on with uh, the special effects are quite good. True, yeah. The set designs, like Theo said about the machines and contraptions that they make, they're mm-hmm. very, like, they put a lot of detail into them. Yeah. So with, like, the telephone. Yeah, the, true. It, it's, Having um, to plug in multiple cards to get to a single... It's, it's little, was cool. like when you used to have telephone like the first start there was telephone companies that connected you to different yeah. lines it, they're having to do it themselves which I thought was really good it's the fact that they have air conditioning and what might have been England really confusing it's like well the house is so warm yeah equally that leads on to the the fact <laughs> this film starts we're talking about ducts which I find quite interesting <laughs> the central services and then looking into it more I'd seen someone make a point I think on IMDB about the ducts almost act as like the similar sort of umbilical cords going through all the buildings to show that people in this world can't live a, a, away from this centralised government they've got. That they're almost like the children who have to be attached to this government to survive. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, because the whole thing, cause he no rang them and they're like, oh yeah, we can't send anyone. Yeah. Were they the only ones who can fix it? And they're I, completely <laughs> dependent. I really thought, I have no idea what their ideas are, but the two mechanics they send, which yes. like you see throughout <laughs> the film, coming, coming back to the apartment, like ripping it apart with all the air conditioners. It just seemed like a bit of like a weird Mario and Luigi. I did, yeah. <laughs> I got like feeling. the plumbing brothers, but these ones are air conditioning. The air conditioner brothers. <laughs> I mean, go back to the plumbing brothers when they get their suits. Suit oh, God. <laughs> when Harry comes back, it is indeed, that I think, as they say, filled with shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> Literally. Yeah. It could be seen as the Mario and Luigi brothers, and you've got like, you've got the short, like, main one in the front doing all the talking. Yeah. And you've just got the one in the background that just repeat the last word he says. Yeah. I think... I can't think of anything else I like about it. Can anybody else? <laughs> I mean, in general, I found the film quite fun in the fact that once you realise that the film makes no sense, you can just sort of sit back and appreciate the chaos that is Brazil, which is mm. kind of one of the reasons I was like, I actually quite enjoyed it, given the fact that the film had no central real story to it. It was all quite all over the place, but the little idiosyncrasies, I guess, of the characters sort of, especially towards the start where they're all in the restaurant eating what looks like blended dog food yeah. for their dishes yeah, that look revolting and a bomb goes off behind them and they all keep casually eating the food and a screen's put up to block off this burning I did, body. That was a scene. I didn't, I, like, I didn't find the rest enough. of the film quite funny, but it was like that moment yeah. where I thought they mixed it quite well. So I don't know. If we move on to the dislikes... I didn't like the balance of tone. So True. I thought that worked and I thought, oh, that is pretty funny. It's trying to show like them. But then the other points in the film, especially where I think they're in like a shopping shopping yeah. centre and Jill's running away from him and then a bomb goes off because he thinks there's a bomb in her bag because yeah. she's a terrorist. But they don't balance it very well at all. It's like one moment he's cracking jokes and I know it's supposed to be a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of it. But they really need to figure out when they wanted to do it because one time it was like slapstick comedy of him like on the front of a truck, True. like spread eagle. Yeah. And then the next moment, like there was old people getting walked away with blood coming like all down them. It and definitely was a weird contrast. In the end, in his like dream sequence again, mm-hmm. a melted body comes out of a coffin. Yeah. I, I found it funny in the fact like that it was the woman who was trying to get all the surgery done. Yeah, like surgery. like Lowry's mother. <laughs> so she just died. But oh, I man. also thought, it just what <laughs> like yeah because I, I like films that are a bit like out there and crazy but it just 
I really didn't think they could balance it like it does, properly. It feels like Brazil definitely pushes the ball out a little bit too far in places, making it a bit too crazy to the point it's kind of hard yeah. to, to follow through a lot of it. But, you know, I guess that's probably part of the charm of the film more than anything, especially, mm. yeah, I can't really think more about that. In terms of dislikes for me, really, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, something that could be seen as the dislike is the like the main, the main storyline of the film was just it was just everywhere. Yeah, so that's one, valid. One minute you'd be. Yeah, it was hard minute, to piece together where it all comes from. Yeah, it's like that that main last dream sequence, like there was sort of I didn't see any, like segue into it. So it sort of just confused me at the end when he was still sat in the chair. So Fair, I was like, yeah. when I seen that, I was like, well, that was his final dream sequence. Yeah. Because it was, there was, I didn't see anything that sort of led you into knowing that it was a dream sequence. But that that's the point, because I think it's trying to show that you think he's escaped. Yeah. And like, it's now all in all a happy end and everyone's alive. And then it cuts back to him just like crying mm-hmm. and like, being tortured. Well, he's going insane, yeah. isn't he? It ends with him coming yeah. to Brazil. Exactly. It was another, like you said, it was another British director, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So once again, I think that dream, like a sort of dream ending, could have, like, it could have been their Hollywood ending. Yeah, their American Hollywood ending. Made, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, Hollywood made their, like, their version of it. They just cut out the last bit of him still it is... sat there in the chair, crying, yeah, we talked about this with Blade Runner last week. Mm. It like the Americanized endings, where it seemed like they basically did just did a U-turn on him and went, "No, it's not. This yeah, is like really that, sad." <laughs> I think it actually happened because Terry Gilliam. There was some in looking for the trivia for this episode. Uh, there was a lot of Terry Gilliam actually fighting against Universal Studios, who wanted to create a more tame Americanized version, and mm-hmm. I didn't. I tried to figure out before the episode as to whether they changed the end very much or not, and I couldn't. But I would imagine that. That is probably like Theo said that it would just cut at the point of Jill and uh, Sam Lowry living in the little idealized cottage out, yeah, away from the world, which is what you wanted all along. See, three of my points now come together, which I think for the dislikes, yeah, it's too long because yes. the second half is rushed. So you have the first half of the film, which is Lowry basically doing his day to day job, yeah, slowly unraveling the characters' stories. So he tries to go refund Mrs. Buttle for the death of her husband. Um, you meet uh, Robert De Niro's character for the first time, mm. Ted the terrorist, and um, stuff like that. And then you finally find he finally finds Jill, and it like goes at three times speed for like the rest of the film. Yeah, it's very. But fast. so that means you don't get any development in their relationship. So really. he's he's like, oh yeah, I need to talk to you, know, blah, blah blah. And he's hanging out of the truck, yeah. and then you go to this um warehouse where they drive through the entire thing. There's the police there, and like, what is going on? Like, because it's the same day, probably like four hours later, mm-hmm. they end up like having sex. Yeah, it's again. like they get like she's now oh yeah she's now loves him or whatever. What is going on? Like, he goes and gets her, like, to be said she's dead, in quotation marks, yeah. because she's not. That was the whole point, and gets found anyway. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't seem... There's no character or relationship building in it. Because sure. there's there's not really a redeeming arc for Lowry, or any kind of arc. He's just there. Yeah. He likes this person in his dream. 
it's kind of it's i know it's, a lot of the film has to be insinuated that's mm-hmm. the whole point to try and like tell you not specifically what's going on try and give you them like messages but there's just nothing between like the two characters yeah it's kind <laughs> of like don't... we said last week with uh rick and rachel and blade runner isn't it there's very much that almost flick of a switch and then all of a sudden the two completely love each other and want to spend the rest of their lives together yeah it's the same thing with lowry and uh i forget the name again jill jill so i don't know whether that's Again, that could be just something of the times. Uh, mm-hmm. Or just the fact that in a film where it's both essentially seen as sci-fi films, although I think Brazil leans slightly more into like a, I don't know, a dystopian, satirical view, uh, that the two don't really put relationships as being the key point of the film, which is a bit strange to then have the key point of the film be this relationship but never explore it very much. Yeah. I get what you mean. It seems like they jump from like, they go through the stage of a relationship yeah, like you know, they meet. They kind of know each other for a bit. Yeah, they then get together, and then she dies. It's like it's like they've rushed like sixty years of someone's life in like <laughs> in, in, in like film, thirty yeah. minutes of the film. Oh my god! And the film's like two hours twenty minutes long. Yeah, the film is god awfully too long. Yeah. Really, it could have been cut down a lot more. And I think it'd make the film a little bit more enjoyable because then there's a little bit less sensory overload that way because it is a very much. You definitely have to think about the film when you're watching it to not get caught up and, and just lose attention really quick. So if you did, if the film was, I don't know, say 20, 25 minutes shorter, I think it'd be a lot easier like to two watch. hours would have been... Two hours would have been more than enough, to be fair. Even if you cut it to like 150, I'm sure it would have worked way better than the two hour, 25 minute cut or something. Yeah. Almost two and a half hours. But like yeah. Harry said, the first half of it, like... The sort of unraveling things, developing the character of Kyle. Like it was Kyle. No, what? Kyle. Lowry. <laughs> Lowry. <laughs> Sam. Sam. Lowry. I don't know where I got Kyle from. Wanted too much South Park. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like the first half of that with Lowry, sort of unraveling his character, seeing the type of person that he is. Like if they kept that, I wouldn't say keep that pace because it was. There was at times it was going a bit slow. Mm-hmm. They needed like a but, middle ground between what yeah. they did with the end bit and how they started the film yeah. off. But then to the end bit, you went from like you went from not really one extreme to another, but you went from sort of easing into character development, finding finding stuff out to like I think half of the film saw over an hour of just rushed work for it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I feel trying, like I'm trying to think about multifair because obviously the whole film is from Lowry's perspective. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess part possibly the reason why it's such a strange film is that he's a very unreliable narrator throughout the whole thing. You get the dream sequences, mm-hmm. and some of the dream sequences felt like they went on for way too long. Mm. Like the the one with the the grotesque baby monsters and the the samurai was quite strangely long. I did I'd actually quite like the samurai thing and looking well, again. Like I said, it was really good special effects. Yeah, because obviously it's not again it's not CGI. It's like They've made that and like done it, so it's really good. Yeah, that that samurai thing. When I seen that and just sort of the way that the fighting was going, I just I immediately thought of Transformers. <laughs> like, like you think of this it, massive like metal being. Yeah, just think yeah. of like the original Transformers and sort of Power Rangers mixed together. It did feel yeah. a bit Power Rangers. That's good. Like, you think of that's them, true. That's like, true. That that metal that metal character. It just brought two. It brought two for like. Megazord meets Transformers. Yeah. Mm. It brought them together and it was just 
I was like, what, what is going on? Like, am I watching Brazil or, am I, or have Transformers and Power Rangers done a, right, done a well, collaboration? Yeah. Segway so oh, off no. that then, we'll go to what we've rated it. Because oh, yeah. this is going to be very interesting. Ooh, I think you want to calculate this, Alfie. Oh, yeah, I'll get so, ready. So, what have you rated Brazil? Um, I mean, before, before hearing other points about the film, which have been valid points that I didn't pick up on myself watching it, Originally, I would have given it probably two point five. I wasn't a big fan of it. So you're giving it a two point five or not? With some of the points that have made been made today and a message we've had saying it, you don't think you'd rate it lower than Blade Runner? I don't think I'd rate it lower than that. I do. I do agree. Hearing some points, it's not a lot better than Blade Runner, but I would, I would call it a mid ground film and. Sort of smack bang average on a five. I mean, okay. that's probably going to puzzle a bit this. Yeah, as we were, so I, I was messaging our group chat for this this morning, and I was, because overall watching it, I enjoyed it more than Blade Runner, but it feels like I definitely rated Blade Runner too highly last episode, so I do apologise. The reliable ratings. Yes. The uh, club. But you know, it, it was more enjoyable for me to watch on Blade Runner, but I can't warrant giving it higher than Blade Runner was, really, without going to some stupid like 7.1 stuff, which I don't want to do. So I think I'm gonna to have to give it like a solid six point five. Okay, so I'm I didn't like it at all. <laughs> well, not, I don't want to say at all. There was aspects of it that I did like, but to me, it kind of felt like a mess. So for that, I've given it a four. Ooh, which gives us for Brazil nineteen eighty five the eighty cinema club score is five point two. Five point two. So it's. Point three worse than, three worse than <laughs> our first film. You know, we're, we're going strong we're being here. We're really optimistic with these film ratings here. We've got, we got some good ones to come, okay? True. Right, so this week, Alfie has uh, given us uh, the questions for this yeah. week, so we shall move on to that. Yeah. Right, so we're going to do the trivia round. It's going to work a little bit different how we did it last time. So I've prepared uh, sort of... Eight and nine statements from the film. So in the background of shots in Brazil, there's a lot of very strange posters that have some pretty interesting taglines on them. So I've got a set of them here, either from Brazil or not from Brazil. And whoever gets the most points in this short, quick fire section will get the point for this question. And we'll have two more afterwards. But take count of which ones you get right then, Theo. Yeah. So you ready to start? I'll use my fingers. Okay. So the first one. Try and answer this as quickly as possible. And don't confer because we, okay. we don't want this to go on for too long. The truth shall set you free. Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. It is Brazil. Have you seen this man? Don't let him mess with your pipes. This is a picture of... Yeah, that's that's Brazil. Not Brazil. Not Brazil. Theo's at two, Harry's on one. Don't suspect a friend, report him. Yeah, that's Brazil. Mm, Brazil. Yeah. Okay. So 3-2 at the moment. Uh, suspicious neighbours, suspicious friends, family. Anyone could be a terrorist. That's not Brazil. Brazil. It's not Brazil. Yes. 3-3. Three, three. Are you going to it out? Sea spray flavoured cigarettes. Not Brazil. That's Brazil. It's Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> pulling okay. head. Capitalists for Christ. Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> uh, Central Services wants you. No. Brazil. Not Brazil. It is Brazil. No. Mr. Helpman wishes all cooperative products a very Merry Christmas. It was on a little Christmas card. No, not Brazil. Mm, Brazil. It's not Brazil. Ooh, oh, that's, okay. that's me then, yeah. Beware this Christmas. They're everywhere. Poster of an exploding tur- cooked turkey. So imagine like Christmas dinner. Yeah. Not Brazil. It's not Brazil. 
Uh, and that's actually. So, so I got, I got six. Oh, six. Oh, <laughs> oh man, it's a tie. Okay, that's you, kind of my questions. <laughs> Can you think of anything on the top of your head for a tie, bro? No, we should give points for each other. We'll each go for that. Okay, yes. so that's a point right, for me so and a point for Dale. Elmore Harry gets Rafer. his first point of the Woo-hoo! season. Yeah, this is his first question. <laughs> True, so it's what? It's 2-2-1 two, two, at the moment now. Oof. Yep. I'm going to be left behind. Right. Two questions. So now on to our more regular questions. So, which of these three options was a potential title for Brazil? Prisoner of Information, 1984 and a half, or Children <laughs> of the Ducts? Ooh. You can confer with this one because we need to draw this uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> very quick that. What was the second one? Uh, 1984 and a half. <laughs> um, do you reckon that would be put down on a film? Um, just because I was... I think... Mm, I don't... I think I read something about 1984 and a half. I can't remember if it was Brazil though. I think I'm going to go B. 1984 and a half. Yeah. Um, I'll go for A. Prisoners of Information was it? Yeah, the answer is nineteen eighty four and a half. Yes, was it? This okay. does. Do you read the full trivia for this? Because wasn't yes. it because they wanted to call it nineteen eighty five, but the movie nineteen eighty five came out in nineteen eighty five. They wanted to call it nineteen eighty four and a half, but nineteen eighty four came out. Oh, so they couldn't yeah. call it that because they'd be like, oh, we're gonna get okay issues with something, George Orwell. Something like that. I can't. Uh, oh yeah, nineteen eighty five. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> yeah, so out of. Like, so out there, you wouldn't think. Yeah, well, it's, it's just funny, isn't it? it okay, doesn't so, sound like it ooh, really another point to me. Another point to Harry's yes. now at two two two. Two, uh, it's two two two. Oh, so I could, I could. So this, could, this could be Harry could, Harry, Harry could actually go top. Yeah. One, yeah. I mean, one round. You, you, you'll be asking the questions next week, though, so you won't True, get any yeah, points from that. That's valid. Right. This is a little true or false. So ooh. the end scene where Sam Lowry's being tortured inside of that giant curling tower. True or false, that killing tower has now been demolished as an Ikea. <laughs> this is like the T-side question. Yeah, yep. last week. It feels too much like the T-side question, so I feel like, I feel like you might have used this question to sort of catch us out and make us think of the T-side, that it's so... Yeah, I'm still going through. What's so niche that... I'm still going through. Oh, I'm going to say false. I don't think I don't think it is. Well, Harry's in the lead because it is. <laughs> true. The torch scene filmed at the end of the movie was in a former coal and glass fired power station in Croydon. In 1981, everything but two chimneys were demolished, and a strange turn of events: IKEA opened a storefront where the plant used to be, causing shoppers to engage in capitalism. It was the whole IMDb thing that I copied up? Just we got the Croydon. It was in Croydon. It was in Croydon. We got the coordinates to where that is. I want to go to that IKEA. <laughs> Oh my god, a Asian cinema Asian club Asian trip to trip. Ikea. We film an episode in the Ikea. <laughs> we know, yeah, we, we set strap, up one of the tables. Yeah. <laughs> we strap Harry down and we torture him in a public Ikea. <laughs> we go one of the showrooms. Yeah. I'm the down table. for it. 2025 20, for the 40th anniversary of Brazil. We 2025, it's not, not too far away. So if this goes well, live torture video. I people. guess then, in this section... I'll go on the TikTok. <laughs> oh, <no>. How, how <laughs> relevant... The relevance, do we think this is to there? Should you watch it? Should you not? Is it... <laughs> if if you ever have a surplus of drugs and or alcohol, and want a good time, <laughs> watch it and it'll be pretty fun. I'd say, honestly, relevance-wise, it's it's seen as one of the best British films made, ironically. I think... I'll, I'll double-check my facts here. Yeah. I've seen a message in the group chat saying one of the best sci-fi films. Is yeah, it is. It's in... seen as one of the most cult, like, sci-fi films, like, one of the best 
It has a 98% rating on Rotten Tomatoes oh. and a 7.9 on IMDb, I, I mean, think. It's, it's definitely a cult thing, isn't it? So it's a lot higher than what we re- re- rated it. Uh, 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 I mean, that's obviously on a much bigger scale. Like, there's three people voting here. There's mm, true. Hundreds of yes. thousands, hundreds if hundreds not thousands. millions, yeah. putting reviews on. For things like that. On places there. I mean, in 1999, I've got the fact here, the British Film Institute voted Brazil as being the 54th greatest British film of all time. And then in 2017, in a poll of 150 actors, directors, writers and producers and critics for the Time Out magazine, saw it ranked to be the 24th best British film ever. This is from 2017, so... Yeah. That would, that's fairly So we have the controversial opinion, not yes. everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> just Ooh. think as well, that, that last one was six years ago. Yeah. It's not long. It's not so that long for too many yeah. other better films to be made. Yeah. I, so mean, I think it's definitely as relevant. Yeah, British films don't really. We don't have that sort of project, projection that Hollywood do. That's very valuable. Like in the whole, like in the whole stage, because Hollywood can get like some of the best actors. We're sort of just stuck with. We we're do, not usually going to get them actors. We do have a lot of big budget British yeah. British films, but you are right in the fact that Hollywood does get a lot more international notice. Well, yeah, like you you tend British to see more too. British actors massive in Hollywood. Yes, and not American actors. Big in like British films, yeah, because the like the American actors will be brought up in America, do acting schools in America. Generally, so they'll yeah. sort of they'll start in America, end in America. But the British ones, they'll do like they'll go to a British acting school, mm-hmm. like they'll do a few British films. One of them could, one of them can just go up. They'll get noticed from Hollywood and then move over to America. Yeah, I've been a bit prejudiced against our society, like for no, film. It's, like it's not prejudice against it. I'm just because saying, what like, was that film at the Oscars and Baftas this year was the Banshee Venturing. Like that's probably the uh, that's like that's, that, a very, a very that's good massive. Point. Has an Irish actor, yeah, in it, and they're very well, established very actors. Good. And it's a very it is a it's a well, it's an Irish film technically. It's a British yeah. film, which but, I think we do. Well, Britain used to be very big for film until Hollywood came around. Oh, yeah. And we still are big for film. We have massive film festivals. But, yeah, you are right in the fact that, like, you go to Hollywood with these things like Paramount and stuff. A lot of it has been. 20th Century Fox or Woodward, which is Disney now. Disney then. Disney Disney owns everything. I mean, I I think the best film festival has to be Dr. Brown's Film Studies class. Oh, it was. You can't have a film festival. Uh, It it was. Honourable mention. Honourable mention. Some of the the people in there made it seem like they were. They were at a festival without they acted. But I think it's definitely, I mean, like we said, we've said this before, like you should never not watch a film for what we say. It's yeah. like, this is our opinion. This, this yeah. is, you should definitely go watch it. I don't know if Alfie's uh, advice is quite good about maybe do it intoxicated. Yeah. See, see, see. <laughs> please let us know how it went. If you did. I would love to know. See, anyway. see if not... you feel like a fever dream. We'll be left humming and insane yeah. at the end as I well. I think we need to put a disclaimer in now. Do not go and abuse alcohol and drugs. Yeah, we're not. Only if you're of a legal age. Still not if you're of a legal age. Don't abuse use it it's right it's well, not the right thing bummer. so i think yeah it's definitely something you can watch i would, I would recommend it is it a very the time it is it, you do have to have a taste for the yeah. film like that it's not a film where you can it's not a universal film no, where it'll target everyone to watch it no, it is like film. if you do not like this type of sci-fi genre if you do not like this kind of yeah. dark comedy if you do not like films set in the 80s <laughs> I, I wouldn't really i wouldn't call it 
dark comedy. Well, I, that's I, what it is, though. That's what it was for the time, wasn't it? As, I yeah. just, I don't see any dark. I don't see any comedy in there. I can you, see the dark side, you think not the comedy. Melted bodies falling out of corpses is normal. Yeah. Is yeah. that just a Tuesday for you? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of body slurry coming out of a coffin. It's alright. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Thursday, it is, isn't it? Slushy. It is Thursday. We are then. recording this on Thursday, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a normal Thursday. I was like, me. I'll be going home to that. <laughs> so if any of you have had no spare time later today, you know, give it a yeah, watch maybe. if you want an interesting if, time. If you've got if you've got a surplus of time and you don't have a taste for it, but you want to be bored and yeah. fall asleep, watch it. <laughs> maybe watch it. Yeah, yeah just just use the two hours and twenty minutes to go watch Brazil. So that is episode two of the AE Cinema Club done and dusted. <laughs> <laughs> Never said that again. Christ. We oh, we have just looked at oh. the 1985 film Brazil. We hope you enjoyed. Next week we will be looking at Dirty Dancing from 1987. Yes. I can't remember. Yes. We'll go with it. It's 86 we'll or 87, hopefully. I think it's 86. Um, uh, follow us on all social medias. We have Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Yeah, Facebook. Will, there Facebook. Will be a video um, of one yeah. of the hosts on the TikTok dancing no, they won't. to a song. It may or may not be Harry Peden. No, it, it, it will be someone. We will. Hopefully. Yeah, okay. Please follow us on all social medias. <laughs> Please follow us on all social medias at AE Cinema Club. Uh, I don't know, messages in with requests for films. Yeah, let us know what you thought of the episode. Then, yeah, there's an awful episode. Film, Rate the it. podcast five <laughs> stars or less if you didn't like it. Yeah. We'll see what it's like. Rate it um, fully on opinion. Do not listen yeah. to this man. He is not a role model. Please, please, please <laughs> give <laughs> us five stars. <laughs> so um, it's bye from me. Bye, bye from, from me. Alfie. And bye from me. Thank you Thanks for, for listening. listening.